All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you know? The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice, at arm's length. To the line, Hughes, scores! In this existence, take you to the sun. First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1-0. Here, like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, Hockey season, all one word, at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic, on all platforms. Go check them out on Twitch, Weekly Case Breaks, and they have a store in Surrey as well. So go check that out, ZephyrEpic.com. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, fresh off an Abbotsford Canucks announcement and a realization 
that it's going to take him a little bit longer to get to the Abbotsford Center than he originally thought. Chris Faber. Ugh. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second here. What but an first intro of all, that was. Well, I was going to say, what, ha- what happened to the intro? That's I, I cut it. I cut it short. A lot of people, they want a shorter intro. They say the intro is too damn long. You need to make an edit. And that's our edit right there. You just turn it down. Yeah, and I just turned it down. I'm a man of the people. Is that gonna be, maybe that's what we do moving forward. We just pick <laughs> random parts to just well, turn down the intro. And my go rule right in. is I get... I make sure that we get the part where I talk, the part where you talk, and of course, once Botch is done... I thought you were going to stop right there. The part where I talk, the part where Botch <laughs> talks, and who cares what Chris says in the no, intro. you're second in the intro, so that's impossible. But yeah, we make sure we get Botch in there every episode, and uh, and that, that's when I cut it. Yeah, well, to get back to what you said about Abbotsford, so yeah, tomorrow or yesterday, and this is tough, this is my, mic, my microphone hand here. I got vaxxed, got my second vax yesterday little sore. I'm not going to be raising the mic too far. Hopefully it's close enough to my mouth here. But yeah, then we went out uh, went out to a waterfall in Chilliwack. And uh, I've been saying on the show for a long time. Bridal Falls. People know where that is. Yeah, so people yeah. know Bridal Falls, Chilliwack. <laughs> so I've been saying on the podcast for a long time, man, it's going to be nice. Out for a 15, 20-minute drive from my house. I'll tell you, it's 15, 20 minutes to get to, to Highway 1 from my house. And then i got to go all the way from that exit near Cloverdale it's about 40 minutes at least, yeah. <laughs> depending on traffic. It's going to be a, a while for me to get out to Abbotsford now I think about it. So uh, I, I've said that I'm going to try and be at every single game. I'm still going to try. I don't mind doing the drive. I'm, I think you've known this from driving me. Am I like the most calm driver you've ever been in the car with? We Hands get, down. We Hands get down. cut off all the time. We got horrible drivers all around us, yeah. people not using their turn signals. And I just, yeah, I don't really ever get mad. I'm fine like sitting in traffic. It doesn't like and make then me there's mad. me. Well, you don't even, you just stay away. You don't drive anywhere. No. Yeah, I don't drive. I drove you here today. You did. Just to the studio. I like our system. And you had uh, you had me and uh, and the girlfriend over for dinner last night. Yes, had, had uh, you up to the new apartment. Had pasta. Yeah. We have some, uh, some critiques for your hosting. Wow. So you know. Okay. You know, you have people over. I know. should probably get more than two bar stools. No, not, not that. Oh. You have us over. You have us over for dinner. We're eating pasta and you're on your phone the whole damn time. Hey, I was I was doing work. <laughs> no, you weren't. Yes, I was. <laughs> no, but the pasta was good. We got to have some uh, some Quadrelli family recipe sauce. Yes, quality stuff. It was quality stuff. Brought the garlic bread over. Nanaimo bars, which I forgot that you're allergic <laughs> to, so that wasn't the best dessert to bring over. But yeah, that was funny. That was good for us. We had eight Nanaimo bars to munch on last night. Didn't finish all eight. Oh, good. I was gonna say. Was, yeah, I would have been bad, but yeah, I was a. Uh, Tired day, but man, I'll tell you, those waterfalls out there, Bridal Falls, I'm sure a lot of people have probably gone to this, because yeah. for me, it's the first time ever seeing it, but uh, yeah, nice, and the, the perfect hike for me, you know, 15 minutes or so, then you get to see the thing. People that go on these hikes, like the Chiefs one, right, like that's a big hike that people yeah, like to Chief do. Yeah, the Chief and Squamish. I, and I've heard that it's like a couple hours to get to the third peak or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you gotta like, yeah, you gotta like climb up a rock, like, I like too. a good view, I like a good waterfall, but I'm not going on two hours to see it. I, I'll just look at your Instagram and look at whoever, you know, went on the hike and see it from there. I don't need to do yeah. two hours on a hike. That's too much for me. I was soaking wet doing this 15-minute hike because it was all uphill. I had a much more enjoyable day yesterday. Yeah. I went to... Uh, Quickly, to this, if I finish up the hike, yeah. it's like elevation 50 meters. I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. That can't be that bad. It was, a, it was all uphill. The whole walk was uphill and slippery. Jeez. Wow. I didn't... I don't know. But it was nice. It was worth it in the end. Good for you. Worth it in the Glad end. Glad you did that. I uh, I went to Starbucks. Met my friend at Starbucks. Got recognized. Mike... What? Mike... Oh, yes. Paris, uh, former host of the... Game Time Decision nice. Podcast with Ryan Beach yeah. uh, recognized me. I, I it was so funny. I I like didn't clue in right away because I was ordering my my coffee, iced coffee, caramel, and uh, 
like he didn't ask for my name. He just goes, "Are you David Quadrelli?" Well, and I was were like, you "Wearing the shirt?" I was, okay, I was, well, which gave it away. <laughs> yes, because uh, I was wearing like my sunglasses and my headband, and like people have started to see me with the long hair because I have an updated headshot now. But my hair is even longer now than it is in that headshot. Like I'm still growing my hair. Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to stop. You showed me the goal. You showed me the goal of what you want to get to with your hair, and I said, "Whoa, yeah." Just gonna Cam Robinson. People it up are gonna in think here. you're a girl from behind if they see you. Then yeah, whatever. <laughs> You're going. You're going past the shoulders and everything with the hair. That's what you're going to end up doing. I think so. We'll see. Wow. We'll see. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let it go and see what happens. But Holy. I'm know. pretty. My hair is pretty long right now. You can see it's all. It's just starting to fluff up a little bit. It is getting yeah. to the afro stage. I'm gonna start looking like Cam Robinson pretty soon. Here. Yeah, Cam Robinson is what we all strive to be. Yeah. When I grow up, I want to be Cam Robinson. Yeah, we all do. Cam lives a good life. Yeah, Cam does live a good life. Yeah. Cam's a good dude. You want to get to Abbotsford? Oh, that's or you, right. Do you want to finish your Mike Paris story? Because no, that's the you end guys of the didn't story. Talk at all? No. Oh, yeah. He just said he listens to the podcast. I thanked him for his support. Shout and, out uh, to uh, another listener, Justin McElroy. Yes, McElroy. That's how you say it. I was yeah. thinking he told me. Well, he, that's what he yes. replied. He said, "Like the golfer." Yes. So I'm yeah. going with the golfer. Yes, you're you're correct. Yes. Shout out to Justin, listener of the Still show. Hey, uh, now I'll tell you, I said on the podcast, I'm Team Zussman, but. Justin's listening to the Justin show now. Followed so you. He followed you. I might too. have to switch over to Team Justin here pretty soon. You talk about Abbotsford because I'm putting out the poll question that we forgot to put out right, right now. Okay. We got the announcement today. <laughs> uh, no surprise. It was a little bit late, as we've seen with uh, with this, pretty much the whole announcements with everything with Abbotsford. But we just heard from Ryan Johnson. He was on Sportsnet 650. Then we were just on the media call with him. I don't think there was very many things that came out of that that, you know, we just. We just had the one-on-one with Ryan Johnson on Canucks Army last week, and I think everything that was talked about was kind of reported, and there may be a couple little different things, but nothing really shocking coming out. I would have to say the biggest shocker, and I wouldn't even call it a shocker because I think a lot of people kind of predicted this, but Johnny Canuck is going to end up being the main logo for the Vancouver for, for, for the Abbotsford Canucks, which is, um, I think, pretty good. I like it, and I like the I do like the color scheme. I like... I like the green jerseys. I'm guessing that's what they're going to be kind of going with at home because it seems like that's, even though I disagree with that, it seems like the teams wear their colored jersey at home and then wear white on the road, which I really think they need to change. Maybe that's something we can discuss later on in the offseason. You don't get to see all the nice colors from the other teams when you rock it that way, but I like the green. I think the green looks pretty good, and it was nice to see uh, Jim and Aquilini uh, rocking Louis Erickson's jersey there, number 21 they were wearing. They're all set for Louis to land in Abbotsford. Uh, but what do you think about the green and I guess the main logo as well as you tweet out our poll question here, quads? I, I don't mind it. Like, okay, here's the thing is I've always really liked the Johnny Canuck logo. I always wanted them to bring it back as the third Jersey. Like it, it's kind of perfect to be honest with you. I, I like the logo. I like what they went with, but the thing that immediately came to mind for me was I just feel for all those designers that, you know, rush to make a design. And I'm sure they got compensated. Well, I hope they got compensated. I don't know that for sure. Probably did. But all the designers that were doing stuff for, like, Golden Eagles and Arrows and all this stuff, like, you talked to a few of them, um, you know, asked to design these logos, and they just end up going with Canucks. <laughs> and someone... Yeah. I, I texted this to you because someone replied to our, our pal J.D. Burke uh, on Twitter... Actually, I'm in, Your a pal, a, JD I'm in a bit of a feud with JD right now, but oh. we'll, we'll get to that on the Patreon. Um, so this is what someone compared it to with the brand launch and everything. University student asks for a week extension to hand in an assignment. 
15 minutes after the new deadline, hands in an essay previously submitted in another course. <laughs> now, that's a joke, obviously, because we do know that uh, the reason it was delayed was because someone had, uh, I think it was a family emergency is what Patrick Johnson of the province reported, mm-hmm. but um, it, it was a family matter, then that was the reason that... Uh, they couldn't announce it right away, which was fine. Um, also, the, the media launch off to a tough start. We we were just on the call. Oh, and yeah. I, I don't think that was made public to anyone. No. Probably, I don't know if we, well, we can't get in trouble for this, can we? Of course, we? no, no, you can't get in trouble for okay, this. Okay, well, I mean, it was an awkward start. They they had the screw up on the mute button. They tried two different reporters. Uh, they're like, I think you're muted. I think you're muted. Never ended up It's not uh, Marcus's fault. Marcus is the well, king of Zoom calls. Yeah, Marcus does know how to run a good Zoom call. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was a little awkward start to the delayed. Uh, but I'll tell you what. They, they might have delayed the 10 o'clock launch, but they were bang on with 11. They were like, you know, 10.55. They had the meeting going with Ryan Johnson, so they were a little early on that, so people want to give them crap. But then again, we didn't get our first question until after 11 because of the, the strange delay. But yeah, I mean, I, I like the green. I really think that I'm happy that they didn't just go with, you know, the exact same Canucks jerseys. Like, yeah. I, I had a real good, I had a real good, like, thought that that was going to be it. I thought that they were just going to come out. It was going to be... A little bit of a different logo on the exact same Canucks jerseys. I like that they went with green. That's different. That kind of separates the Abbotsford Canucks yeah. from the Vancouver Canucks. Did you see how they were describing the colors? Like they were like, I know. oh, this is Fog Valley Gray. And they were just like, you know, you know when you buy a pack of Crayola and yeah. you, you, you get the big pack, the 128. You're like, well, these two are like the same color. What's the difference? And it'll, it'll have some adjective before it that makes it different than this orange. Yeah, they they described it with all of those. I'm gonna find it right now. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna find it. But it was so funny because it was like interestingly to me is the uh, the away jerseys. I assume are white. They don't have much green on them compared to how much you see at the home jerseys. I don't know if there's any green on them. Yeah, Jimbo was modeling those. There's a wasp behind you. That's not a wasp. That's not a wasp. I think it's a fly. No, that's a wasp. Okay. We're stopping the recording. What? All right. I rushed to stop the recording. Faber got the wasp, and uh, here we are. So, wasp, I think the wasp is still here. I think it flew, like, down no. a crevice in the wall, I think. But uh, I, I hit it out the window. It's gone. Okay. You were closer to the action than I was. Well, I was. I was standing away from it. I'm more worried about sweating in here with the window closed now compared to the wasp potentially stinging us. But I think you're, you're a little really? more worried about the wasp. I'm a, little more, yeah, I'm a lot more worried about the wasp yeah. than sweating. I don't. I, I think I'll be okay. Anyway, back to it. Back what were we it. even talking about before? Probably the AHL team. Um, yeah. I. I mean, I just I looked at the logo again there, and the jersey was what I kind of looked at again. The white jersey has kind of like a little green flat part on the collar there, going down like almost into the V neck area. You know, I, I think the jerseys look good. I actually like the kind of the formation of the colors on the jersey. I think it's a little bit different. It's not simple. It's something kind of different on the on the elbows there a little bit, but. I, I think back to the green, I, I like the green. I think the green's going to look good at home. I, I think it's going to be a nice-looking jersey uh, as they rock that in Abbotsford. And, uh, you know, I don't think we heard too much from Ryan Johnson. You and I just listened. You know, obviously, we're on the media call there as we were kind of driving here. And, you know, I listened to him on 650. Nothing really stuck out in uh, in the interviews. You know, Ryan Johnson is just a very professional speaker. I think he's I think he's an excellent guy to have kind of forward-facing. And now that the team's in Abbotsford, I think we're going to hear a lot more of Ryan Johnson. And, man, he is... He is no joke. He's he's a pro that talks, you know, at speaking in public. Ryan Johnson does an excellent job of that. Yeah, absolutely. He, you had the exclusive interview with him for Canucks Army. Canucks Army had it first, but uh, true that. Yeah, it, he he is a good speaker, absolutely. And there's a future GM job in his well future. I think future NHL GM job yeah. feels like right. I yeah, mean, this I think is, so. 
this is something that's interesting for me. It's like in the future, you know, whenever Jim Benning runs his course, like it's been, you know, what, eight years, seven years now, I always forget. So we're going into the eighth year. We're going into eight. You know, I wonder if Ryan Johnson is one of the guys in that because the way that it goes with NHL jobs, I feel like is like a lot of the times it's an, it's an AGM. Cause obviously I think an assistant general manager at the NHL probably has a better looking resume than a general manager at the AHL level. But I think with Ryan Johnson, it might be a little different because not only has he been the AHL GM director of player development, he's been involved with the Canucks for a long time now. I think that he would be in line to be the next GM. If it's in the next couple of years here, you know, if Jim Benning misses the playoffs next year, you know, does Ryan Johnson come in as maybe interim GM and then go from there? I just, it's, it's an interesting thought because we love dealing with Ryan. He's a RJ's just awesome to deal with personally. And I know in that one-on-one, we had a lot of fun, had some laughs. He was very serious and, and he's very well spoken. I think that's the biggest difference you hear from Ryan Johnson and Jim Benning is how well spoken he is. And, and he's talked about a lot of the time he's, you know, working with Jim on everything. And that's what we're going to have to see in the next little bit. Something that I don't think he was kind of avoiding, but something that was asked multiple times. I asked the question. Uh, I think PJ sort of asked the question as well is like, Hey, there's not a lot of players right now for that Abbotsford team. I think just from the outside looking in, and I'm sure there's stuff done behind the scenes we haven't seen yet, but from the outside looking in, I see like like 8 to 12 players probably right now. you got to fill up another you know 10 to 12 more players on that roster, if not more, because in the AHL, it seems like there's a lot of more little injuries that keep a guy out. I think you're going to need somewhere around like 26 guys around the roster, kind of or extra bodies, people getting called up to the NHL, and now it's going to be a lot easier They've got a lot of work to do here in the next little bit. And I think free agency is going to tell that. I think a lot of these guys will be signing two-way deals that are, you know, borderline NHL players. So I just think that there's a lot of work to do still to fill out the roster. And that's something that he, you know, he didn't really exactly directly address in the questions, but it's obviously something that has to be on their mind because they got to be able to ice a team of team of, you know, a, a competent team to compete at the AHL level, which is going to be a different AHL than it was last year because there's no taxi squads. Right, all these taxi squad guys are now going to be on the Vancouver Canucks, and you know, even just to think of names like Jalen Chatfield, Brogan Rafferty, these guys that contracts are now up, they got to replace these guys to go play in the HL. I think there's a lot of work to be done to make that a full roster. I pulled up the colors. Okay, let's hear it. Field green, Pacific blue, Fraser blue. So, okay, I'm sorry. What is Fraser blue? Did they just like go to the Fraser River and? replicate the color that the Fraser River is and they just called it Fraser Blue? Or is that an actual color? Or is that a reference? They they might just be making up their own colors. It sounds like it. That sounds like they're making up colors. But is is Fraser Blue a reference to the Fraser River or is it an actual thing? I can't see anything about Fraser Blue being an actual color. This might be the best uh, quads Googling on air right now is finding what Fraser Blue is. Yeah, Fraser Blue isn't a color like (laughs) they just made it up it's not a thing but simon fraser university uses fraser blue as well of course they do (laughs) and and so does fraser health i just looked it up fraser health they use so they've invented this blue from the fraser valley pretty much yeah okay so okay okay hey by the way well hang on by the way before we go any further uh interview on the episode we haven't touched oh, yeah. on Jacob Trescott's coming on Jacob Trescott Michigan he's going to talk a lot about uh, about his time at Michigan he just got invited to the world junior summer showcase for USA he's going to be on that team as well hoping that he can make the, the world junior team obviously it's going to be it's an uphill battle there's a lot of good defensemen on that team uh, but he's got a chance and he's invited to the summer showcase and he's going to talk about that in our interview also touches on you know 
there's some things about Michigan that we chatted about. Kent Johnson being one of them. Uh, and yeah, he likes the idea of Kent Johnson landing to the Canucks at nine. So we'll get to that interview in a little bit here. But now back to the, uh, okay. the Fraser Blue okay. investigation. So here. Pacific Blue is a color. That is a color. Okay. Uh, it is a mixture of cyan and green. Okay, so that's that's an actual color. They didn't make that up. Field green, I'll have to look up. That sounds Va- real. Valley fog gray. Okay, that one is 100% Actually, let's change this up. into a little game. Is it real or is it a color the Canucks made up? Valley fog gray. Is that is that a color, do you think? No, if I were to get a, a Crayola 128 pack, I'm not getting a valley fog gray in there. I don't think so. No, valley fog gray is not a color. So what's, who, I mean, who's, who's out there not a lot, like, where, who's the regulators on colors, creating colors? Actually, we could have, you know what, right there, I'm looking at, you're wearing the Canucks combo shirt, that's Canucks combo red right there on the Canucks combo logo. Yeah, I was going to say, can or we David just, Quadrelli gray on the face. Yeah, can we just make stuff up now? Is that how this, well, here's, who okay. regulates colors? Yeah, okay, here's the thing, I'm, I'm looking at insightcolorpedia.com. Whoa. For, yeah, I know, right? It says Volsper Paint Belgrove Valley Fog is a color. Okay. So Valspar, the paint company, I believe. Yeah, but it's it's not the color. Like it's a different color than what the Canucks are saying. But whatever, whatever, regardless. And mountain white. So is that a real color or is that a made up color? Um that one I'm gonna go with is a real color. What a mountain, what the ice, what the snow looks like on a mountain from far away, mountain white. I think that's... Uh, yes, that is a real, that is a real color. Okay. Yep, available at the Home Depot. So only half of the colors for the Abbotsford Canucks are made up. Oh, there's more. Oh, really? That was just, that was just the team's colors. The dark jersey is field green. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's a real color. This makes sense. Yes. Okay, no. We're done. We're done. We're done with the colors. This amazing uh, color spec segment brought to you by, I don't know. Insightcolorpedia.com. Actually, let's get to the insightcolorpedia.com poll question. Uh, oh, we just tweeted it out. I will I will look at the results right now because we have we have a pretty good sample size. I think we've got over 400 votes right now. Okay. What? You tweeted that out a minute ago. Yeah, we, we got a lot of people ago. like a good poll, man. That's true. 16 minutes ago. I love a good poll. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's something I see in some people's bios often. Where they're like, I never, I never go buy a poll without answering. Yeah. If you go totally. buy a poll and don't answer it, you got people buried underneath your floorboards. Oh, it's 187. 187. I read the wrong number. Still not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Okay, so here we go. So the our business here, our your business here poll question. The Abbotsford Canucks team name and branding. Yay, nay, or I'm angry. Chris, 49% say yay. 37% say nay. And 14%, I'm angry. I'm convinced that. 14% of people, no matter what we put out for a poll, is voting, I'm angry. Well, I think some people might actually be angry That's true. This. That's why I think the number <laughs> might actually be higher at the end here. Because no matter what jersey comes out, I think 49% saying yay is actually pretty good for if I was a Canucks and I saw that was the response. Because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to hate it. That's just the way that people are going to be on social media. People are going to have their opinions. I like the green. I like the green. I'm, I'm fine with Johnny Canuck. I'm... I'm glad it wasn't just a Canucks logo. I'm glad it wasn't just the C, but maybe switch into an A in a different way. I'm glad it wasn't the stick or something they actually used. Oh, use. yeah. I, I, I heard the kind of rumors out there that it was going to be the stick and rink. Yeah. Which, you know, wouldn't have been good. And I suggested last week the Vancouver Sticks. Call, or the Abbotsford Sticks. Yeah. 
That was a dumb idea, but <laughs> I, I think Canucks is fine. And I think Johnny Canuck makes sense, right? The fact that they were going to go with Canucks, I was convinced that we were going to see just a, a, a you know, a, a way that they took the C that the Vancouver Canucks have as their logo and switch it to an A somehow. But I like it. I like Johnny Canuck. I like the green. I think the green pops. I think those are going to be nice shirts. Like I'll probably end up picking up a shirt. Will you? An Abbotsford shirt? Yeah, I'll be oh, a shirt. Enough. Fair. Not okay. a jersey. Maybe a jersey. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't mind a Di Pietro mm-hmm. jersey. Okay, that's fair. Silos. You're going to get a Silos one. I'm not getting a jersey. I don't buy jerseys anymore. Oh, we'll see if I can get them off the cheap website. I buy baseball jerseys now. Yeah, and you know what? I and keep... if I started covering baseball for work, I wouldn't buy baseball I jerseys. I always forget, but I, I have it sitting there. I got my Vladdy jersey in. Yeah, my baby Vladdy, blue Vladdy. Yeah. Uh... I got my Tatis. Tatis looks yeah, great. It's good. I'll be rocking that thing a lot more. I got to get that thing going. And Vladdy was was he uh, MLB All Star MVP? Yes, he was. First so he hit the home Blue run, Jay in history. Yeah, really, first in history. Yeah. Hmm. In Jay's history to, to be All-Star MVP. That was good. good They've had him. two MVPs in their history, though. Delgado and uh, Donaldson. Right. Yeah. Okay. Delgado won an MVP? I believe so. Hmm. I think he was the other one. I I'm Googling to, it now. I used to emulate his swing quite a bit growing up. His swing, Edgar Martinez Edgar swing, Martinez, yes. Ken Griffey Jr., um, and Barry Bonds. Those are the four swings that built my swing, but my swing was just a horrible rendition of all of them. Um I don't know if there's too much more news to get into, so maybe we'll get right to the Jacob Truscott interview and we'll touch on a few things on the other side because uh, there are some other Canucks news that we can get into. This is obviously the big one. We're going to get this episode out quick for everyone, kind of new and fresh off of the Abbotsford announcement. We'll dive into a couple other Canucks things. Not a lot of hard news coming out there, but we do have the expansion draft coming up soon. We're going to see who the Canucks are going to protect. We're going to touch on that a little bit on the other side, but I'll just throw us into the break here. We got Jacob Truscott coming up on the other side, but first we're going to hear from a few of our sponsors. And then, like I said, Jacob Truscott on the other side, and then we'll discuss a few more things. Delgado never won an MVP. I didn't think so. No, didn't he didn't. Think so. But All now right. I'm trying to figure out who actually did. All right. Well, we'll get back to that maybe on the other George side. George Bell. George Bell. George Bell. Okay. So yeah, a little bit further back than my time, but uh, all right. See, you're doing a, this is what I normally do. I normally yeah, cut, I, sorry. I figure out how annoying this is now. I do this to you often, but here's some words from our sponsors. All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 4-9 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? had the muddler's pink lemonade that was very good you need to go get the food though the food at the parallel 49 street kitchen ridiculous what did we eat that one day poutine cheeseburger i ate it all waffle fries and then we got those korean barbecue wings yeah the spicy chicken burger that's my go-to but what you do a little trick for everyone you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van. That's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio. The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca jobs. 
Squish Beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer. Absolutely crushable. The right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river, camping, whatever you're doing this summer. Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads. Me too. I can drink more than one of those. They're crushable. Which is good. So when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many? More than one. More than one. Unlike last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is the hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try Squish. You can find their original flavors of hard seltzer at BC Liquor Stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades. My favorite. And you can find those at private liquor stores all across British Columbia. All right, guys. Joining us now, we are joined by Michigan defenseman and fifth-round pick of the Vancouver Canucks in the 2020 NHL Entry Draft, Jacob Truscott, coming off of a big year with a big school and a great program over there at Michigan. Jacob, how are you doing in your offseason so far? Good. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, the offseason season's been good. Uh, just training, skating, and uh, trying to enjoy my time with my family and friends. Good stuff. I, I got to tell you this right off the top. I've been doing a lot of these prospect interviews with guys that are coming up in the draft here. And I remember asking you last year when you came on the show after you were drafted by the Canucks what your favorite cereal was, your favorite sugary cereal. And you have you've basically set the trend. Everybody has said Captain or uh, sorry, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch after you said it the <laughs> first time on the show. So you are the trendsetter for this podcast right now, just so you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe, like, honestly, I think we're on a we're on a streak now of like five prospects saying that it's cinnamon toast crunch. Really, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <A> popular so, <laughs> one. <laughs> why don't we uh, we get into your season a little bit at Michigan? Um, obviously, you know, a hell of a team that you guys had put together there. We're going to see a bunch of guys drafted in the top ten from that pick. Uh, what was it like, kind of going into that year, especially during a COVID season where? I'm sure things had to be way different than you were kind of expecting going into your freshman season. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a lot different. Um, you know, expectations were a little off, but um, I thought it was a, a great year. Um, aside from the COVID stuff, uh, I thought we had a great group of guys. Um, what was really special about us is just being able to compete with these guys every day. I mean, obviously we had a lot of great players and, um, you know, be able to practice with those guys every day. It's it's huge and makes people around you better. So that that was big. And um, obviously, people talk about the college atmosphere, and uh, we didn't really get that this year. But uh, hopefully, this upcoming season, we'll get some fans in the building, and um, you know, be able to play in front of a crowd and get some fans going. So um, yeah, obviously, it was different because of COVID, but. Um, you know, I took a lot out of it, a lot of good things out of it. I thought it was a great first year. Absolutely. And I know it's it's a year like you don't nobody wants that. Nobody wants to play in front of no fans. So I'm curious, like going into yeah. your sophomore year, I mean it looks like everything's trending in the right direction. Uh what's the excitement level for you to get in front of a Michigan crowd now? Oh yeah, I mean, it's definitely special for all of us, but um especially for me, you know, being from Michigan always dreamt of playing in front of Yost, uh, the children of Yost, and, you know, playing there with a with a packed crowd. So um, definitely super excited, and hopefully we'll get some fans in there, and, you know, um, my family and friends will come to the game and be able to watch me, and um, that's really um, something I've dreamt of since I was a little kid. So 
it'll definitely be a dream come true for me. And I'm sure something as a Michigan guy growing up that you might have dreamed of as well was beating Ohio State. You guys had a good year against Ohio State this year, <laughs> uh, especially in that last playoff matchup and the Big Ten matchup uh, throughout the playoffs there. Uh, how, how much fun was that beating up on a rival team throughout the year? Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, I grew up, you know, not liking those schools and um, always cheering against them and uh, to be able to play in an arrival game was <laughs> it was pretty surreal. Like, um, you know, it just gives you a little edge, um, gets you that much more pumped up for the game, and um, kind of a reason to kind of pound on them and uh, get the W. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely special, and those are those are the fun games you want to play for. And um, yeah, I mean, I think we had a good record against all of our rivals. So, yeah, it was definitely fun. And, I mean, looking at that squad that you had, I kind of touched on it earlier, you're going to have the three guys going in the top ten of the draft. That's that's something that really, like, no NCAA program has really ever done before. Uh, is that something that you kind of were aware of all season long, seeing how much attention guys like Owen Power, Matt Beneers, and Ken Johnson got this year? Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise that they're both all ranked pretty high. And, um, you know, they're all great players and great people and, everything they're getting right now all the hype and um it's just on and off the ice they're you know some of our hardest workers and they all the biggest thing about them is they all love the game and they're all students of the game and uh, trying to get better to be able to surround myself with that is is amazing and to be able to learn from you know different players not only them but everyone else is uh is definitely great and uh, that's what makes our team so and, I mean, looking at your left side of the defense there at Michigan, yourself, uh, Owen, and as well as Cam York, I mean, that looks like one of the best lefties throughout college hockey, it felt like. Did you guys kind of feel that was one of the strengths of the team, just seeing what you guys had on the back end? Yeah, I mean, definitely our decor is really strong, our offense. But, I mean, yeah, to be able to play with um, those guys, especially um, our decor, was, um, it really helped me a lot. I was able to pick um, – you know, Owen and Yorkie's brain and uh, along with the other guys um, just to be able to learn from them like every single day like 4D splits to pick up little details to the game and uh, really excel through that way and um, you know, it really allowed for me to you know, learn from them and uh, also try to make them better by um, you know, teaching them a couple things here and there so yeah, it was definitely fun and uh, we had a great group of guys. How did you feel uh, making the adjustment to NCAA hockey? I mean, that's that's a big jump from when you were playing before the United States National Team Development Program. Yeah, it was definitely a bit of a change. Uh, we did get some college games in at, at the end of the year of our 18 year at the program. Um, so I kind of got a feel for it. Um, but to be able to play in those every single weekend was definitely a bit of a change at the start and you know, fast-paced, the older guys, uh, stronger players. It's definitely takes some getting used to, but learned how to control that and, you know, kind of deal with that, that speed and pressure. Um, so I think it's made me a better player to, you know, play with the older guys, stronger guys, faster guys. So, um, yeah, it was fun. I, I like that style a lot better. 
And I'm wondering, like, I'm sure that making that jump, obviously what you had at the at the national team development program is pretty unreal for, for setting guys up to get to the next level. But now that you were at Michigan, what was it like to be able to use the facilities there? Something I'm probably guessing you were excited for kind of your whole life growing up as a Michigan kid. Yeah, I mean, the facilities are, you know, best in the country here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's great to use those, have the resources, um, you know, really to succeed and I'll be the best player you can be and even best student you can be in the classroom. So to be able to have resources is huge. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, since I was a little kid, I've always seen all these facilities. So to be able to use them and use these resources is, it's such a huge help and a huge role for my development. And how do you look at uh, your rookie season, or I guess your freshman year, they want to call it, in the NCAA? How do you look at how things went for yourself personally? I know that you, you got to spend some time on the penalty kill unit, which is something that you did a tiny bit, I guess, with the United States national team program. But what was it like for you to, to kind of be relied on as one of the penalty killers for Michigan? Yeah, it was definitely um, part of the game I wanted to you know excel a little more on. And I think the main point... Um, my main focus coming in the year, um, kind of just working on my defensive game, um, you know, being able to defend against, you know, the older and stronger guys. And, um, that was kind of my main focus. Obviously we had a great decor, so, um, I kind of had to find my role within there and, um, I thought it turned out great. Um, I was able to work on my game, kind of just focus on that and my penalty killing and, um, so that was a great focus for me, and hopefully next year uh, I can fill in a bigger role and add some offense to my game. Um, still have that defensive role in my game. Right, and I think that something that I liked watching from your games at Michigan was, I mean, the defensive part in your own zone is one thing, but one of the things that sticks out when you watch your tape is how, how you kind of attack wingers coming down on the wing. Like, you'd like to challenge them almost, it feels like, before the blue line. Is that something that you kind of focus on, or is that just – come naturally with just how you play the game because it feels like you know you don't let them get into the zone you want to pressure them before they can gain that blue line and I noticed that a lot in your game yeah I think the main focus with our D coach Christopher Mayotte and you know a bunch of the guys was you know take away time and space before they have the puck or before they even get room so I try to you know angle them and take away their time and space before they even get the puck or a good scoring chance so uh being right angle early and um, you know, taking their hands away, taking their body away so they don't have much room to, to make a play early um, rather than waiting until they have the puck um, or have that time and space and then attacking. So I think it's just being one step ahead um, is really something we focused on. Yeah, and I think the other thing that sticks out, I might as well touch on the two things I got written down from watching you a lot over the past couple weeks here. Uh, just making those quick first passes. I know that's something that you were always kind of praised about at your time with uh, the National Team Development Program. But just, just making the simple play, making the simple pass, is that something that comes from the coaching there at Michigan as well? Yeah, I mean, obviously we want to play simple. Uh, we don't want to, you know, confuse the game too much, and we want to be predictable. So, um, yeah, when you play simple, helps the people around you you know gain trust and all that um that's really good um especially especially for me um obviously i wasn't the flashiest player this year and um it's kind of something i needed to work on first was being simple before being flashy so um i think that was a huge part of my game just kind of simplifying things and um you know not the home run play every single time and you know maybe 
making mistakes that way. I think just keeping it simple and um, allowing the, my teammates to trust me. And I think that's something good for a freshman to do every year. But I'm wondering, is there something that you want to kind of bring more of in your sophomore season now with Michigan? Like, do you want to make a few more of those, you know, I don't want to call them risky plays, but you mentioned it, you, you want to keep it simple. Is that something that, like a freshman mentality, or is that just kind of the way that the team wants to work? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, um, obviously i got to gain my trust and, um, from my teammates, and, you know, maybe that's a little, playing a little um, a little more simple and um, – you know, kind of playing my role of a simple two-way defenseman. Um, and that was kind of like my mindset coming in my first year is just, you know, get that confidence, get that trust from my teammates and um, work on my defensive game and then um, get more confident that way and then I'll be able to, you know, excel in my offensive game and, um, you know, be able to create more plays and create more rushes and, um, you know, go for a little more risk, I guess. Um than I usually would um, my first year. So, but going on next year, I'll be able to, you know, add some more offense, add some more um, playmaking to my game. Um, that's definitely a focus for me this upcoming year. And I think, you know, I got to give you congratulations for the World Junior Summer Showcase selection. You're going to be there uh, in a couple weeks now competing to, you know, make a mark so you can try and get on that World Junior team for the 2022 championship. Uh, is that kind of the spot where you want to, sh- you know, be a little bit more flashy at some of these trials and showcase a little bit here? Yeah, obviously. Um, thank you for uh, congratulating me and all that. And mm-hmm. um, obviously, um, this is somewhere, some place where you want to showcase your skill, um, but also show that you're pretty reliable um, defensively. And um, you know, obviously, it's always nice putting on that jersey and representing your country. So um, I'm just really excited for that. And um, yeah, make strides definitely um, from last season. And I got to ask, like, it's funny because a lot of these, you know, a lot of these countries, like especially Canada, is kind of the one that sticks out. It's a lot of players from a bunch of different leagues. Uh, but for you, is it almost like a like a one year anniversary for the United States national team because it's a lot of guys from that squad that you played with? Yeah, um, yeah, pretty cool actually. It just shows like how great our team was there, and um, yeah, I mean it's. I haven't seen most of those guys since, um, you know, my season ended, uh, our season ended at, at the program um, back when COVID hit. So uh, I haven't seen many people from that day. Um, so it'll be great to have some of those guys back and um, be able to play with them and talk to them and, uh, you know, see how much they've improved and, you know, learn from them and stuff. So uh, I'm pretty excited and um, hopefully we'll have a, another shot to make a run for it. And I know that there's there's a lot of left shot defensemen that are going to be on that squad. And I've seen you play a little bit on the right side at Michigan this past year. Is that something that you want to maybe be able to bring to the summer showcase? Because like I think I only see four right shot guys on the uh, on the invite list there for defense. Yeah, I mean obviously um, I'm willing to accept any role. Um, uh, I think I can play right side and left side. So you know wherever I'm put, um, I feel I can excel in and. Uh, definitely be able to show my skill and talent through that. And uh, we'll get to the off season a little bit now. I know that you you said you're staying in Ann Arbor. Uh, you got some guys living with you as well. What's the off season kind of look like day to day for you right now? It seems like a lot of workouts, a lot of hanging out. Uh, is there any fishing done over there in Michigan? I feel like there's some lakes over there. Like, are you a big fisherman at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I back actually back home in Port Huron, I I have a pond in my backyard that we we stock. Uh, 
a bunch of fish like bass, catfish, mm. um, all that stuff, perch. So, um, yeah, I definitely get some fishing in when I get home. And um, haven't been going too much fishing around here in Ann Arbor, but any chance I can get home, I'll definitely uh, cast the pole in and um, go fish a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. And what's it like uh, in the spot that you're living at right now? I know you mentioned some other some other draft picks, I guess, kind of exciting to live with and, you know, live that hockey lifestyle a little bit. Yeah, I'm living with uh, Sanderson and Yoder, so, um, yeah, it's been great. I haven't seen them in, uh, you know, about a year or so, so, um, yeah, to be able to live with them again and um, be able to train and work out and, and skate with them is great. And uh, We're skating at USA and um, working out there, too, so, um, you know, they're one of my closest friends from uh, the USA program, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it just makes the gym and skate so much more fun, and um, you know, be able to train with them is is definitely great, and uh, everything's going well here. And now looking next year to Michigan, I know that you guys are you got some great players coming into that lineup as well. I know Luke Hughes is a great addition to that defense core. Uh, you guys got a couple forwards that are exciting for you. Uh, you know, a lot of people are thinking this Michigan team next year is going to be one that's competing for a national championship. Do you do you share that opinion about this squad? Is this something that you guys are going to aim for? Is making a push to be the best? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have such a special group here, and uh, we have some great talent and. Um, great players coming in, so that definitely help us out. And, um, I mean, that's our focus is to be number one and win a national title. And I think that should be our focus every year. And uh, I think we definitely have the group to do it. And um, yeah, it's going to take a lot of work, but um, I think this is the year that we really excel and do something special. And this coming draft, the Vancouver Canucks possess the ninth overall pick in the draft. A lot of these mock drafts out there. Uh, you know, they have Kent Johnson landing on the Vancouver Canucks. I'm wondering if you can uh, – can you put your scout hat on for me and kind of break down Kent Johnson's game a little bit? You've seen him more than probably every scout out there, really. So can you tell us what, what the Canucks might get if they land Kent Johnson at number nine? Yeah, I mean, I've seen the comparison, and, um, you know, some people are green, some people don't. But, uh, I mean, I think he's just a, a younger Patty Kane. Um, you know, I see the ice better than anyone and um you know he uses his deception and footwork and uh his little he has a lot of poise and uh to his game and you know he's one of the smartest players i've ever played with and um uh, yeah i mean his shot's pretty underrated too um you know he's always scoring in practice and uh even after he's working on his game and i've never seen someone um work on his game more than him so um yeah he's, he's a great player and a great person to be around and i think he'll have a great career and um he's definitely got the mindset and work ethic to do so so hopefully uh connects can land him if he's still there <laughs> yeah absolutely get him in the organization for sure vancouver kid as well right i mean i, I gotta ask like was he, was yeah. he pretty cocky coming into his first year he was coming off of a, a 16 17 year old year where he put up 101 points in 52 games in the BCHL, like that's got to be, you know, a good boost to his confidence. I'd say coming into a freshman season. Oh yeah, I mean he's definitely a confident player. Um, you know, he's for how much, how many points, and how many amazing, uh, crazy skill moves he does. Uh, he's a really humble guy, and 
Um, he's definitely got the confidence on the ice and off the ice, but, um, you know, he's a great kid. He's, he's not cocky at all. And, um, he's definitely got the confidence. Um, but yeah, he's, he's really humble and, um, to be able to do that, uh, day in and day out and, you know, be humble about it is, is, is something that's <laughs> pretty special and you don't get it too often. So yeah, he's a great kid. And I know that uh, looking at next season, I'm sure that uh, the Canucks might have been talking with you in the off season, going over your year. Was there quite a bit of communication between yourself and Chris Higgins or Ryan Johnson at all? Yeah, I was able to uh, um, talk to him after the season ended. Uh, yeah, I talked to both of them and kind of just went over the season a little bit and um, just went over some stuff I I want to work on and stuff I did well. So um, and my focus and my goals for the upcoming years so um yeah we had some great talks and um you know i was able to learn a lot and um really focus on some key points going in the next season and summer for training and i know that uh, you know everybody wants to add something to their game in the off season is there one thing that you're kind of focusing on is it just getting bigger and stronger is there something to do with a skating coach more shooting like what's kind of the off season goal for you to improve in your game yeah i mean i think everything um always needs to be improved a little bit. I think the main focus for me would probably be my skating. Obviously, skating's evolving a lot, and, you know, be able to be an NHL defenseman, you got to be a good skater and um, be able to keep up with all those guys. So I think that's something that's a focus every year and something that I'll try to work on this year. And with my lateral skating, um, moving side to side, angling, uh, stuff like that, obviously getting strong with that. Um, you know, being able to use my body a little more, being a little more physical. And then just like the offensive side of it, um, obviously the offensive line will always be there and um, something I, um, I'm i pretty proud of. But uh, you also need the skill to be able to make those plays. So I think just working on my hands and getting in the shooting room every day and, um, you know, working on different techniques um, with shooting and passing um, is really important too, so. I think there's, there's a lot of main focuses this this summer to get better at, but I'd say skating is uh, pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. And and to touch back a little bit on the World Juniors, I mean, you're going to have the Summer Showcase coming up like we talked about earlier, but let's say, you know, we fast forward to December, you're on that United States uh, World Junior team. What would that mean to you? Because that's that's a huge opportunity for yourself. Yeah, I mean, too, with my season, our season ended, at uh, the USA program, um, unfortunately due to COVID, um, to be able to put that jersey on would be amazing and um, something I never take for granted. So um, to be able to represent my country again would be um, an amazing feeling and um, something I definitely not take for granted. And um, you know, I'm really hoping that I'll be able to represent them and um, you know win a gold for our country. And it feels like more and more every year, and I think we got a great example of it this year, watching Cole Caulfield come in and make an immediate impact in the NHL playoffs. But, like, these, you know, we're seeing more and more every single year that guys are jumping right from the NCAA and being able to play at the NHL level. What do you think that says about the level that we're seeing of NCAA hockey nowadays? Because it feels like over the past, you know, five to ten years, like, things have just ramped right up, and you're getting guys, like, Every year, there's you know four, five, six, seven guys that look like they can jump right into the NHL. It feels like. So, what's it like for you to, to kind of see the competition, the level of comp- competition rise every year in the NCAA? Yeah, I mean, I I've always been a huge believer on going NCAA route and college route. Um, I just think it's 
a lot better development for players. Obviously, players have their different paths, and you know a lot of paths work for to get to the NHL. But um, you know, college is is great for your development. Um, you know, it really helps you get stronger, and um, you know, be able to play with older guys and um, have that compete level every single day. Uh, the practices are in, are really good, and um, you know, just having that those years to develop and you know work on your game, and I think that's why a lot of people are stepping in and uh, to NHL roles right away. Um, you know, it's, it's that development development span um, to your game, and I think that's that's huge for um, a lot of players, and I think that's definitely something I try to uh, tell a lot of young players is definitely go the college route. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just want to bring it back to the Canucks organization a little bit. I mean, you might be a guy who's in this in this position who jumps into the AHL after you finish your time at Michigan, and the Canucks AHL team is now relocated uh, from Utica, New York, over here to just 45 minutes down the road from Vancouver in Abbotsford. Uh, what does that mean for you? Is that something that you're kind of excited about, that the Canucks minor league team is now just you know 45 minutes away from Vancouver instead of across the continent? Yeah, I mean, I think that's great. Um, yeah, I saw that recently, and, you know, I was really excited. Um, you know, I told my family and everything that um, I was pretty excited about it. Um, you know, to be able to live in Vancouver, um, you know, around that area would be great. Obviously, I haven't even been there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and be able to be in Vancouver around the fans there um, would be great. And I think that's that's a great spot and a great opportunity for uh, the program. For sure, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge announcement. They're going to be putting out the logo on Wednesday, so we're going to have a big, uh, big, big deal on Wednesday about the AHL team, which a lot of people are excited. Oh, that's about. awesome! Yeah, absolutely. yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward, and uh, hopefully, you have a lot of fun in the rest of the summer, Jacob. Appreciate you taking some time here, and uh, we're all excited to see what you can do at the World Junior Summer Showcase. And uh, Vancouver will be cheering for you to make that World Junior team. Might not be cheering for you if you're on the World Junior team, since you'll be on <laughs> USA, uh, but we're cheering for you to make it for sure. Thank you, I appreciate it. Awesome, Jake. Well, have a good rest of your summer, and uh, we'll catch up again uh, some point during your season next year. All right, sounds good. You too. Thanks for having me on. All right, and a massive thank you to all of our sponsors and, of course, Canucks prospect Jacob Truscott for joining us on this week's episode. Chris, this was a conversation you and I just had during the break, and I literally said, let's fire up the mics and start talking about it on air. We're looking at protection lists for Seattle and kind of looking at it, and you brought up a good question. Should the Canucks protect Tanner Pearson? They are. They're going to. I think they should. But I I was thinking about it a little more than I think uh, I think you should have. Because I think he might be a top six option, you know, for the Seattle Kraken. But he's, he's also a top six option for the Canucks, which is why Absolutely. they'll protect him. Absolutely. And that's the thing. They kind of have to protect him because they don't really have any other options. in the contract, like... I feel like you can go out and get the top six player for $3 million this year in free agency. Mm. Flat cap, especially a guy on maybe a two-year deal. A couple of years, that's going to be a year shorter than than Pearson's. But that look, like his is kind of comparable to me to, to Tyler Myers, but I think in a better way. I don't think the Kraken are going to take Tyler Myers if you expose him. But if you expose Tanner Pearson, I wonder if that's a conversation that kind of has legs or not. Would he be an option? I mean, he's a nice, good guy to have in the room. I was just about to say, there's something to be said, because you brought up going out and getting a top six winger. 
But there's something to be said for keeping guys that you know kind of mesh well in your room and are well respected mm-hmm. in your locker room, right? Like there's something to be said for that. And there was something to be said when there was Tyler Toffoli going, yeah. right? Like You know what's crazy though is like looking at the back end on who they're gonna protect, like they're gonna end up protecting what, Olio Levy? I think so. Like, because I guess they're, you know, I don't know if they're going to get Hamannick signed or Edler signed before. No, no, they protectionless. won't. I don't was, think they that will. That would be silly. So you look at who they're protecting, Nate Schmidt, Tyler Myers, and is it Yolevi? Is Yolevi the other guy I guess you have to protect? I think so. Because I think there's value to Yolevi still on the, like, yeah. you know, you don't You don't want to lose Yolevi for nothing. But oh, wow, I also, surprise you I also don't think Seattle would even take him. Really? No. That's the thing. It's like, man, who who is Seattle going to gain from here? And let's so let's talk about like we've touched on the Pearson. That one's you know it, it's interesting for sure. They can't lose Pearson. You you don't. They will you, protect him. Yeah, so you can't have a, gonna that hole in your top six. Like, there's something to be said for getting out of the last two two years of that deal. But oh, yeah, I think right. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, because he'll deal. be good this season. I think. I don't think he's going to fall off. Right. This okay. Season. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um. So I was saying the last two years is where you get a little dangerous. I think. Sure. But I don't think. I don't think. Uh, it's worth leaving him unprotected. So I let's think, go to the player that is. Right. Yeah, it's going to be Cole Lynn, Zach McEwen, Jonah Gadjevich. Like that's two second round picks that fans were pretty excited I think about. Jace Howerluck needs to be thrown in there, but I think they, I think they're going to protect Howerluck over all three. Of well, Howerluck's a free agent, right? So they don't need to. Yeah, he okay, signed yeah. a one year, so they don't need to protect Howerluck. Um, right. I expect RFA. he'll be back. Um, but wait, he's an RFA. Yes. Oh, okay. Then they do need to protect him. Right. RFA, but he's this year, so they need to re-sign him like now if they want to yeah. keep him. Yeah, gotcha. RFA. Good to know. The names that, uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to McEwen, Gadjevich, and Lind. To me, it's it's Lind out of those group, that group for sure. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Lind's the one with the most upside if you're Seattle. Right. And I think that's the most upside for the Canucks, too. I think that, like, I was just talking about this on a podcast I was just on, and I was saying, like, Look at the way that Cole Lynn came into that year, right? Like, he, the way that he came in, you weren't getting the best Cole Lynn, right? He just came in and broke his nose, didn't play for a long time, and then went into the lineup without any reps going into a game action. That that part that we saw in the NHL, Cole Lynn, where there, I thought there was flashes of him looking pretty good. You know, got a little bit of an opportunity. People are like, oh, he got an opportunity in the top six. Like, what, for two games he got an opportunity to play with Bo Horvat? He's probably not ready to be a top six player yet still. No. I'd like to see him work his way onto a fourth line this year. I think he's a guy in camp who's going to be very exciting. I think that's something we've heard from Ryan Johnson a lot, whether it be the one-on-one he did with me or what we just heard on 650, or he doesn't really want to put out names, but he's saying, like, there's a lot of names that were on that Comets team last year, and I think Jack Rathbone's the obvious one, but I do think that names like Cole Lynn and Jonah Gadget can fight for a fourth-line spot next year with the Canucks because there is going to be a couple fourth-line spots up for grabs. There's going to be some top six spots that are going to be kind of shuffled throughout the players, whether it's Pod Colson or Pearson or whoever kind of comes out on top. And then if you have JT Miller on the third line, you're really talking about you know a top nine that's going to have some spots that'll be interesting to fill. But there's going to be a couple on the fourth line, too, that are going to be spots that are up for grabs. It's not just going to be given to Zach McEwen. It's not just going to be given to Antoine Roussel because, you know, you bury Roussel in Utica or in Abbotsford, you're saving some money. And, you know, Louis Erickson's not going to be there. We saw the general manager wearing his jersey in the in the release there. So I there's going to be spots on the fourth line for these guys. Like, I think Will Lockwood goes to Abbotsford to start. But this is a perfect example of a guy who, you know, I thought the interesting, one of the most interesting quotes that I actually thought we heard from Ryan Johnson today was him talking about Will Lockwood and saying, like, certain players, you know, they they take a while to develop in the NHL. But with Will Lockwood, 
he was getting better every week. That's what he said. Like he said, every week there was improvements from Lockwood. And I think Lockwood's going to be a guy who is going to play in the NHL consistently next year. I think that he's a guy who can push out of the AHL. His his game, the age that he's at right now, the way that he's developed, makes a lot of sense to be a fourth-line guy. And I thought in his first couple of games with the Canucks at the pro level at the NHL, didn't look out of place at all to see Will Lockwood there. Yeah. I, I like Will Lockwood. I think he's going to be a guy that surprises a lot of people this year. But yeah. I think you're right. He's probably going to start in Abbotsford. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were just talking about this as well. The Abbotsford release video. They featured Jack Rathbone in it. Let's talk about the name that we... The the Gravy Train. Potential captain. The Gravy Train, yeah. yes. It's Corey Hergott's nickname, of course. Tyler, Tyler Grayback. They had a nice little audition at the end of the year. Also, small piece of news that we didn't really discuss much. Not expected that the Canucks are going to re-sign Brandon Sutter. Right. That came out yesterday. I believe it was Dollywall that reported it. That's usually a good rule of thumb is just cite Dollywall, and you're probably right uh, when you're thinking about a report that came out. But, yeah, Brandon Sutter, likely not coming back. We were talking about him. Fine. Yeah, like, I mean, nobody nobody Everyone was kind of on the marks that. of, like, hey, if he makes a million dollars and plays fourth-line center, sure. But if not, it's not like it's, you know, any, yeah. no one's going to be pissed that Brandon Sutter is not signing here for a million dollars. Would you rather bring back Gravac over Sutter? Because I think so. I don't think they could play the exact same role. But I think you're getting Gravac for a lot cheaper. Exactly. And and he's on a two-way deal. That's That's I don't think kicker. Brandon Sutter signing a million-dollar deal anywhere. Yeah. Unless he's going to play for the Lightning. Yeah. Which, how awesome would that be? Luke Shen and Brandon Sutter reunite to go win more cups. What I was saying, sorry, what I wanted to say is uh, the other thing that we didn't really talk about. Canucks, Elliot Friedman reported this. Canucks are looking for a center with some heft. Uh, Stefan Roguet on Canucks Army wrote an article uh, 13 centers with heft that the Canucks could be targeting. Uh, so you can go check that out. But yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting thing to see. So that kind of gets rid of the Brandon Sutter idea because if you're going out and getting a third-line center, right, you don't need Sutter. And the Canucks were heavy on Nick Bukestad, who signed for two years at $900,000. And last week when he signed, I even said to you, I was like, that's like a pretty good comparable for what Sutter should be making. I think a lot of these two-year, I think we might see a few of these two-year, you know, $900,000, $1.1 million deals, you know, for a lot. That's what the Canucks should be going into. Because with the flat cap, we know that it's going to be flat for the next two years at least. Uh, I think a lot of these guys, you know, might end up signing that just to get the two-year deal done, to know that they're playing in the NHL. And I think that there's got to be some sort of, like, you look at Vancouver, you look at what they were playing in their top six last year. Jimmy VC gets a big run in the top six. A bunch of names that, you know, Tyler Mott gets his run in the top six here. And other team, other players have to know that in free agency. It's like, well, you know, I'm going to get a chance to play with some pretty good players. And if I work my way up or if some injuries happen... The Canucks don't have depth in their top six. Like, if there's an injury or two in the top six, you're playing some some names that probably don't belong there. And I wonder if free agents see that and are excited about that to move into the top six. So I, I think that there is going to be some, definitely some active moves from the Canucks here coming up in the free agent period. And I don't want it to be anything, you know, anything longer than two years for any player. And I don't think that they need to do that. I think sign some players at 1 million, have a big minor salary if they're willing to cough up some money from ownership and, and you'll get some of these guys in here that are really going to help the depth of this team because this year is going to be a year in free agency where you can find a lot of these guys for a million dollars. And let's not forget that 1.075 can be buried right into Abbotsford. No no touch on your cap at all. So I think that that's, that's what the Canucks need to explore. And I think that you can find yourself some some bottom six players from signing, you know, a handful to, you know, maybe even like seven or eight of these guys around a million dollars 
They're going to need to fill out that AHL team, and I think that some of these guys might push for the NHL spots on the bottom six. So I think that's the route that they have to go for sure here. Do you think Jimmy Vesey's coming back? No. I don't think so either. What do you think Vesey signs for and where? Like Vesey might have to sign a two-way deal somewhere. Yeah, I think I think it's getting or to that he goes point. to Detroit. Maybe Detroit's the option. You know, one of these very much lower teams who I just like that needs idea. some some potential players to come play for them and something like that. I think he I think he gets another NHL shot, but maybe only one. Maybe only one more for him. Yeah, busy week coming up for us, Chris. Next uh, little bit, a lot of stuff going up. We got the uh, expansion draft, the NHL draft, and then free agency. All within like all within a week of each other. It's so. all coming up real fast for us. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think. Yeah. There might be might be an emergency episode scheduled in here, but maybe some point yeah, we'll see if something happens. I think we got to go right after the draft too. Like, man, it's going to be break down all these prospects. Take one day to kind of just you know, once the draft happens, go through everyone that they picked in the second day and go after them and and see what we can get. I think it's going to be it's exciting. You know, just to know who the next top prospect is going to be for the Vancouver Canucks is pretty cool. Yeah. And to see who they get in the second round because this year is so weird that. Whoever the Canucks get at 41, which is actually the 40th overall pick. So they have two picks in the top 40 picks. Uh, to see who they get there with that 40th for 41st pick, uh, I'm going to be excited to see where they go with it, man. And I, I'm excited to know that the Canucks have been you know, doing a lot of their video scouting, trusting a lot of the video guys, Aiden Fox and, and Ryan Beach. A lot of work probably done this year, specifically you know, compared to other le- like years. I think that the computer guys... You know, not the computer boys. These are the computer guys now. The computer men with Aiden and, and Beecher over there. And they're gonna. I think they're gonna have. I think they're gonna have some say at this draft. You know, I think yeah. that. Uh, I think that those two are gonna have some say at this draft, and I'm excited. I hope that they can find some some guys in those because they got what two fifth rounders, two sixth rounders, a seventh rounders. I hope that uh, the video guys get their shot there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. I think it's a good at time the to same time. Maybe they don't because Ryan Beach just uh, edits YouTube videos. Oh, that's right. I saw that's that reply. Someone replied and said, uh, Ryan Beach, someone was like, oh yeah, like, cause Jim had said that Ryan Beach is doing great work and, uh, someone replied and was like, Ryan Beach edits YouTube videos for the real scouts to watch. Yeah. And it was like, could you imagine if that was Ryan's job? It I would take like, that job. Just <laughs> Premier Pro. You just have to be good with Premier Pro and yeah. you can work for, work in the you NHL. You have a screen recorder that works well. <laughs> you need that. That's, that's what you need to work for an NHL organization. People I had to rank expert. my, uh, that was in the mailbag. I had to rank my, my editors at Canucks Army. Yeah. I, I saw I was at the top. Maybe you were at good. the top. Jackson was second. He, uh, he was a good editor as well. And Ryan Beach hired me. Yeah. So that was a good move by him. Honorable mention. But man, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of mistakes in my articles under Ryan Beach. <laughs> oh man, this is the Flaming Beach episode. I think All right, that's what proves it. He's not a great editor because uh, you could. I don't yeah, think they, he's they wouldn't. Videos. They wouldn't get him to come edit videos. He can't not edit. If they saw how he edited my articles. <laughs> no. Oh man. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. We just flamed Ryan Beach a little bit. Um, hey, thanks to Jacob Truscott in the end. Yeah, thank you to Jacob Trus- Truscott. And sorry to people. There was there was some like something about the long distance call, like that little click. I hope that didn't annoy people too much. There was a click here and there uh, in the interview. I hope that wasn't too annoying. I didn't think it was the worst, but I think because I'm like really picky about how audio sounds, it really bugged me. I hope it didn't bug people as much as it bugged me. Did you FaceTime audio or call? He called me. I was like, oh, here oh, we go. I was, I was I got, sitting there, and he was ready to rock, and he was like, he called me ready to rock. To wow. The phone, so we went there, there. I love that. I got I got $13 charged on my phone bill for calling Jack Rathbone. 
mm-hmm. uh, for the interview I did with him. That was my moment where I learned that you need to FaceTime audio oh, and man. not call. You know what? Uh, the one that taught me was was doing with Huglander a couple of years ago. Oh, man. So I called Sweden. I didn't use FaceTime audio, and that's what made me change to, to calling these guys on FaceTime every single time. Oh, what, what did it cost you? It was a lot. It was like 75 cents a minute for tw- for 25 minutes or something. Oh, oh. So, yeah, brutal. it was a good $20 phone bill phone bill charge. But, hey, hey. It was worth it to get Huglander on the show. That True. Was, that was worth Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I looked guests. at my bill. It was like Boston, Massachusetts. I'm like, I don't talk to anybody from Boston. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, Jack. So that was my... Uh, I wonder how many... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because the Canucks have gone from Massachusetts, guys, a lot. Right? A lot yeah. under Judd Brackett. Obviously, that's Judd's backyard. Yeah. I wonder how much they go in the future now moving forward because I'm, I'm thinking back to last year's draft. Nobody. No. Trust got a Michigan kid. Yeah. They went with Zlodiev, Pearson, Yermo. Which pick am I missing? I think that's it, right? Did they just get the four guys last year in the draft? Yes, because they didn't have a first or second. No, they got, uh, was it Coons? Jackson Coons, yes. I don't think he's a Boston guy either, though. No, I don't think so. I'm gonna do- well, I'll gonna. i have to double check that. But I don't I've been think- trying to wrap up the show for the past five minutes. Well, now we got to check if Jackson Coons is, where is he from? I don't think he's from... Uh... Isn't he, he plays for Green Bay. Green Bay Gamblers. Isn't he just from Wisconsin? So maybe that's maybe that's what they're going with lately. He's um so he's yeah, he's not a Massachusetts guy. He's a North Dakota kid, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Mm. So North Dakota, Michigan area. Maybe that's where a lot of their US scouting is because Fantastic. You, know, you take him, you take Truscott last year. Um yeah, interesting, I guess. Great radio. We'll close it out now. You think Coons is gonna play for the uh Abbotsford team next year? No, I don't think so. I don't think he signs that's right. Well, he didn't even get his NCAA season no, last year. He went back to the Yeah, USHL. he played high school. Yeah, he he's, has uh, a ways to go. And he was uh, he's a North Dakota kid going to North Dakota next year. And he's he was supposed move. to go there last year, but they didn't play. He's got to improve his skating, I've heard. Yes, he does. Yeah. We should he do does. a big prospect episode where we just like oh, break down every prospect. I'll do all the goalies. speaking my language here, I'll Quads. do all the goalies. And, yeah. yeah. Also, keep your eye on this at the draft. My bold prediction, the Detroit Red Wings should select Jesper Wallstead. At five, but you don't think the sharks will take William? Him they might, but William Eklund is also there. Eklund so, and Raymond, the connection. Dude, if you if you connect, yeah, if you get Eklund and Raymond, you're. I like think if laughing. Eklund's there for them, they're running up there. I think Eklund yeah. goes top three. I think I think Eklund's. Let's Eklund. let's uh, let's give our top three. Who do you think? I think it goes Power, Beniers, Eklund. Potentially with Beniers and Eklund swapping. Eklund might go second. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Eklund's the most talented player in this draft. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Talented scorer, for sure. Yes. I don't, it's hard to beat what Owen Power has just physically. Yeah, like, and everything he brings. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, if he's able to just... Like, he's a good skater. He's 6'6". He likes... Like, when we did those interviews last or a couple of weeks ago there, he was saying that he just likes to play like Victor Hedman. Like, it's the comparable that seems to be thrown out there a lot. Heck of a comparable if you can get Victor Hedman as your comparable. Yeah. Oh yeah, Troy Stetcher's uh, hey, right defense now. Partner. What's your well? As we close out, what's your vibe uh, going into who the Canucks are getting? Because I'm I'm I've really been floating the out like the ideas around. They've been flowing through my head. And you know what I've been lately thinking? Just looking how the draft is playing out in front of me. I think it's Luke Hughes. I think the Canucks are getting Luke Hughes at nine today. At nine? Yeah, I think so. No, I think Hughes still. I think Hughes doesn't mm-hmm. get past the Devils. I think the Devils take Hughes at four. That's what everyone keeps telling me, but I don't think so. I think the Devils go with one of these like. You know, if Eklund's there for them, I think they're taking Eklund over him. I think if McTavish is there, they're probably going with McTavish as well. Mm-hmm. I think Gunther's a lot higher than... Nobody talks about Dylan Gunther, but he's 
you know, he's top seven in this draft. I think top six for a lot of people. Nobody's talking about Gunther, though. That's why he's, he's the other name that we haven't talked about a lot because Kent Johnson, I think, is going to go higher than people think. I think Kent Johnson's going to fall think, to the Canucks. I think he goes, yeah, I think he either goes top five or he falls to the Canucks. It's going to be interesting with Johnson because some people are very high on him. Yeah. But that's the thing. The names that. that I'm, like, I'm down to three. Right now, I'm, I'm leading with Luke Hughes. But then I think it's Gunther or Johnson falling to them either. I'm making a bold prediction. I don't think it's that bold because these scouts haven't been able to see these players in person. Mm-hmm. I think we are going to see somebody from outside of the top 10 that's agreed upon go in like the top five or seven, I think. And that's more at Sider situation. Yes, exactly. Which worked out, man, man. More at Sider's here with regular last year. Yeah, he's, wow. he's solid. I just said more at Sider's a player. That's a good way to describe players. Um, Daniel Wagner made fun of me for that because uh, we were talking about Nils Hoglander. I was like, man, he's a player. And Daniel's like, you did not just say that. And I <laughs> did. I'm the old hockey man of the Vancouver You've been media. turning into an old hockey man a little bit yeah, over the past Tyler Myers so. is, has more value than people think. Yeah. If you would take Troy Stetcher over Tyler Myers on a one-year, $1 million deal, or if you would take Troy Stetcher over Tyler Myers, you're absolutely nuts and need to start watching the games. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I said it. I said it. Coming at the analytics crew. Chilling on the on the island when I was there. Same lake. We were camping on the same lake. There you go. See? He's got heart. Not got- Myers. I'm talking Stetcher. <laughs> oh, he's got heart as well. I like Stetcher. It's not that I don't like Stetcher. If it Stetcher. was Myers, I would have been able to see him across the yeah. lake probably. Well, it's not I that still, I... to this day, I think I've mentioned on the pod, but like I'm a big dude. Yeah. And the first time I saw Tyler Myers in person, holy hell, he is definitely six foot seven. Yeah. He's so tall. It's He's ridiculous. So tall. I, how was it like for you? Like, have you ever? Talked I've never to him had person? to interview him. I've, Next year, you're going to be in for a surprise, man. Yeah. He's like, tall. even now that I think about you, like reaching your arm up. Yeah. Is, I, I you're going to have to be straight. You're going to be underneath the dude. Yeah. Going right up into yeah. his mouth. Yeah. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. My arm's going to be up for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. I hope I can get a picture of that. You just standing like hey, no directly pictures, in no the pictures center. in the dressing room. No pictures. Yeah, in the I dressing learned that room. the hard way too. Yeah. Yeah. Don't break that rule. We'll break some rules next year. Of course you will. I will, yeah. I'm not breaking any rules. I'm going to try not to. I'm the bad boy at Canucks Media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. Let's close this out. Uh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you again to Jacob Truscott for joining us and, of course, all of our sponsors. And for you. The listeners, thank you so much for listening to the Canucks conversation. Hey, no, <laughs> sorry, you got to be kidding I know. me. Last one, last one. Patreon, you're closing it out. I'm Patreon done giveaway uh, for people. We got a lot of people signing up. Yeah, a lot of people sign up. I'm saying, hey, if we get if we get more than ten a month, we got to give away two prize packs. How's that? Yeah, sound? sure. Okay. So we're at I think five or six right now. People have yeah. signed up in the month of July. Gotta increase those odds, which is awesome. Want to say if you sign up for the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Canucks Convo. Not only do you get the weekly episodes, you can go back. Years you can go back. Well, one year because we've only been doing this, <laughs> only been Patreon for the year together. But about a year and a half, you can go back all those old Patreon episodes. There's a lot of fun content on there. And right now, we're doing a giveaway. Whoever signs up in the month of July, signs up on the Patreon, the five or ten dollar tier, you're entered into win a Canucks combo giveaway. We're gonna give some T-shirts, some hockey cards. We got a lot of those things laying around. Some Canucks cards, some of the older ones that I've got, also in this room here. Some stickers, some other fun Canucks combo stuff. We're gonna do some giveaways for everyone who signs up in the month of July, and everybody who signs up for the ten dollars tier as well. They're already entered into the monthly giveaways. So check out the Patreon. That's where we got our giveaway this week. We really appreciate it. Helps us, uh, you know, bring out the best pro- best product possible for everyone. That was hard to say. Uh, so patreon.com slash Canucks combo. So we'll wrap things up there for David Quadrelli. My name is Chris Faber. I've stolen over the hosting gig once again. And thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks conversation. 
How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 